0: waited and waited and waited some more and the wheel has finally turned far enough to give us season two of the wheel of time on amazon prime in this special special episode of tarvalon talks the crew will be discussing episodes one two and three of the tv show that we are going to split into three podcast episodes so listen here for our digest of episode one and check back for our review episodes two and three Spoiler warnings, the episode will contain spoilers for both the TV show and the book series, so you have been warned past now. So, here is Dahl, Diana, and myself, Thad, diving into episode one of season two of The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime.
1: Ugh. Ugh. We're back.
2: We are back. Ah, so much to talk about.
1: So, so much.
0: There's a lot.
1: They really started us off right with the Dark Friend Social as the cold open for episode one, which I believe is also the prologue for book two, if I'm remembering right. It's been a minute since I've done my reread, but it is a prologue of some sort.
0: Yeah, it it is. It is. Um, It's it's nice that they did that. And they gave us a lot to work with on that prologue.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of foreshadowing happening in this cold open.
2: So much foreshadowing. Yeah.
1: Um, it is a bit different than it is in the books, as with everything. But I think that one of the things that these at least these first three episodes have done really nicely is not give us a one to one of scenes that happen in the book, but nods to things that happen in the books. Um, and this is just a great way to to set that pace um, and that tone going forward. So we have we did we you guys talked about the dark friend social before, so we won't go into this too much yeah. um, because we've already gotten into it before. But it is interesting to me, especially that Pat and Fane took his hood off and like leered at the Tuathan girl, given what happens to the Tuathan later. I thought that was really scary. Do we want to talk more about the Aes and the Shinaran and the um, Shanchan that we saw at the table and who we think they are?
0: I think we already know who the Sean Chan is. Well, I mean, if you're a book creator, you know who the Sean Chan is. Um, by the end of the episode, you should also know who, well, maybe not the end of episode one, but by episode two, you definitely know who it is.
2: Yeah, even if you don't know her name, it, it, it is uh, definitely Lady Sarath. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see her fingernails. Because
0: mm-hmm. that's a high blood specialty right there. Yes, and it's
2: Probably Leandrin.
0: We're going to assume at this point that it is most likely Leandrin.
2: That is who it was in the book, right? Was it her or Kalina?
0: Off the top of my head, I'm, I, I, I do not remember. But there were more than like, it was, a, it was a very much larger gathering since it was in the world of dreams in the book. So there was more characters. And when they kind of gave an oversweeping description of a lot of the characters, if you were paying attention, you knew who was who.
2: And in the books, we had it from it was the White Cloak Boars, Joshua and Sheridan. Yes. And then we definitely have Ingtar. You can see his uh, emblem with the hawk on his tabard.
1: I wonder if that was Ingtar or if that was the Shinaran who was with Paden Fane or if that's like if the Shinaran who was with Paden Fane is like a fake. And we're supposed to be like, oh, no, we knew who that Shinaran was, but it is actually Ingtar.
2: I think it's Ingtar, because I think this was people that were higher up, and mm. that guy was just a...
1: That would make sense to me.
0: Just a regular old dark friend. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he was the, you know, gopher that was letting Pan and Fain in. Ingtar would have been at the meeting. Yep.
0: So there was one little detail that I noticed outside that I don't know if I'm reading too much into on foreshadowing. But when the little Tuathuan girls outside looking at those little, um, the the, the monuments outside and a couple of them had already fallen to the ground and a lot of them were still standing up. I
2: miss that.
0: I think that might give us a foreshadowing on how many of the seals are already broken because we already know one of them is broken. And if you're a book reader, you know that at least two of them are broken by the end of book two. So.
2: And you will by the end of this episode too. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Ooh, now I want to. Man, I literally just rewatched today, and I already want to go back and rewatch now to count those. I
2: did not notice that part. I did notice that it looked like there was a seal because she walks up and rubs her hand on it. I'm pretty sure that was a mm-hmm. seal.
0: It's those, and there's a, there's a bunch of them out front of the building that they're in, and a few mm. of them are on the ground, and I'm wondering if they're foreshadowing. This is how many of the seals are, the ones that are standing are still up, and how many that are on the ground are broken. That's interesting. It's pretty slick.
2: To go back and watch that again.
0: How do you feel about this not happening in the world of dreams compared to, does it make more sense for it to not happen in the world of dreams given the adaptations so far?
2: Yeah, I don't know how they would portray that on the screen.
0: Because at this point, we don't know a lot about Teleron Ryoad, and I think this is our first big like introduction to it in the books.
2: The most we have are the dreams that Ishmael has entered, mm-hmm. which is connected to, to Teleron Rio, but not really on Riyadh
1: yeah I'm I'm okay with this not being in the world of dreams since we haven't gotten a on Riyadh like explainer yet and I feel like it's really gonna be necessary I don't think I would have bet we're not gonna get on Riyadh until next season until, like, they're in the IO Waste, we're with the Wise Ones, and, like, we're going to get it. We're, we're going to learn about it as Egwene is learning about it is going to be my guess. I think it's fine to have it grounded in reality. Yeah,
0: That or Wolf Dream stuff.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have thoughts about how they're doing parents Wolf stuff this season, but we will get there. <laughs> my only other note for this is that I have watched this cold open probably, like, ten times at this point, And every time, I'm always scared that the Trolloc is going to bite the girl. When she goes to touch its face, I'm like, I know it's not going to happen. But I literally, the first time I watched, I had to put my hand over my eyes. I was so convinced that that trollic was going to eat her.
0: It's more afraid of Ishamael than it is of the girl.
1: As if, if Ishamael wouldn't feed a child to a Trolloc. <laughs> right?
0: I mean, fair enough. I mean, given that the mom is probably in that meeting, it would probably look bad on him to feed the child to the Trolloc.
2: Would it, though? Would it? I mean.
0: De- depending on where the mom stands.
2: Yeah. She's talking to a Forsaken and the, given the way we ended season one with the girl being wiped out by the show. Children are not safe in this show. <laughs> We're just going to open the next season with a child being eaten by a trollic. I mean. <laughs> this show
1: is pulling no punches this season. So
0: It's really not.
2: No, and we will get there. We'll get there. Oh, my God. We'll get to the punches later Yeah, because I have thoughts on that. <laughs>
1: Uh, so after the cold open, we we just get the serpent eating its tail. Um, for the first three episodes, we will not get an opening. I don't know if we're going to get an opening this season, which makes me kind of sad.
0: I don't know how true this is, but I heard that they just decided to take what would be the time spent on the opening on just actual showtime.
2: That makes no sense since like the actual length of the episode is really not that important because none of them are under an hour.
0: Yeah, they were all like 70 minutes each. I was not expecting that. They were
2: all 70 minutes. So, adding a 90 second opening was not going to change that.
1: Yeah, but people forget about streaming is that the streaming platform has all of the control over how long an episode is. They don't have to fight for commercial time. Mm -hmm. They don't have to worry about what's going to come next. Like, they have total freedom over how long an episode can be. And so that lets them be very variable with what the episodes, like, look like in terms of time and in terms of what they're fitting in. I kind of wonder if it's... I mean, like, I have my own personal theory that they're going to change the opening at some point because Moiraine is just slowly not going to be the main character anymore. And we're seeing that more and more this season that, like, Moiraine is a character, but she's not the main character. Um, And so I feel like at some point they're going to maybe shift the opening if we get it back. It'll be interesting to see what they do for episode
2: four. The other thought I had was that a lot of the delay in getting the seasons is the delay overall for the entire industry in getting cgi and if they wanted a different opening they either had to wait for it or just use the old opening and i don't know why they didn't use that but really no way of knowing unless you're one of the people making the decisions mm-hmm.
1: yeah i would love to know amazon if you want to tell us we're, we're all ears please
0: drop us a line at producer at gmail.com
2: i'd say i'd ask rafe but i'm pretty sure he's on strike right now
1: yeah true Um, so then after the serpent's tail, then we get Moiraine getting her bath water from a well that is very far away from Varen's house, and, like, walking up that hill. There's so many trips that she's had to have taken up that hill. Poor Moiraine.
2: That is a large bathtub, and those are very small buckets. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then her, like, heating up the water on the stove, and, like, in the bath, like, trying to see if she can heat up the water with her hand, like with the one power and just not being able to, which is so heartbreaking. The way that the camera like lingers on her hands, it sits on her hands for like a good 10 seconds and then like lingers on her in the bath. It's just, it's so heartbreaking.
2: Mm -hmm. It is. I wrote down that. That Maureen really likes baths, doesn't she? Well, this is our second bath, third bath with her. Third. <laughs> third bath. Third. <laughs> like, that is a lot. I mean, we got a lot of baths in the books, but I don't remember Maureen ever being in any of them.
0: If I can draw a correlation at this point, I loves love baths.
2: I mean.
1: She is also Elaine's aunt, so maybe it's genetic. Uh,
2: <laughs> she is.
0: Technically, yeah, yeah. I mean, she is royalty, technically.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, and we know Lor- Elaine likes
1: her. Elaine loves her baths. Maybe this is where she gets it from. She's like, Auntie Moiraine loved her baths. I also love my baths.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I'm depressed. Nice hot bath makes me feel better. Mm -hmm.
1: In contrast to Lan, who is shirtless and training, thank you, Rafe. Thank you, (laughs) Rafe, for this gift. It starts literally like it pans up from like his pants all the way up. I was like, "Rafe, you know exactly what you were doing," and I'm here for it. I am Adelis. Every time Rand <laughs> or Lan is on screen, Adelis.
2: Excuse me, can you move over, Varen? <laughs> I know everybody's excited that Varen has entered the chat, but can you please move aside so that we can look at Lan a little more?
1: <laughs> Adelis is such a mood. She's so just like not here for Mairead's bullshit. Very into lan like truly if moirin's not careful adelaus is going to bond land <laughs> like, <laughs> i
0: mean they, they they do kind of play with that idea though don't they later on in the episode
1: uh, not with adelaus but with alana
2: not with adelaus
1: yeah. um so doll and i were talking before we were recording and adelaus they're doing something very different with adelaus in the books than they were or the, in the show than they were doing with the books. Mm-hmm. I looked up Adelaus and Van Deen, who in the books are twin sisters, and I had forgotten that they are actually who Moiraine goes to mm-hmm. in The Great Hunt. So that's consistent. But Van Deen doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> that's one chapter. It's one chapter in, in book two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Van Deen doesn't exist in the show. So they have taken Adelaus, who is a brown in the books, and Van Deen, who is a green in the books, and squashed them together to make Adelaus now a green. I'm assuming, I think.
2: It's, she seems to be. She's definitely very, very green-like. She's very green.
0: You we're going to come to find that there are a lot of characters in these first three episodes that just flat out don't yep. exist in the books.
1: Yep. Or they're very different.
2: And then Varen is her actual sister? That's what it seems. That's
0: what they've alluded to kind of. I don't
2: They didn't allude it. She said it flat out.
0: Did she say it? I must have missed that specifically. But,
1: so when you look at when you use the closed caption though, when she says sister, it's capitalized. The S is capitalized as if she's referring to her as another Isidise sister.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, cuz that's what they do. That's that's what I was assuming.
1: Yeah.
2: It was just the way they lived together. Yeah. And the fact that they are also very similar looking. Yeah. Like they look like they could be actual actual sisters. Yeah.
1: And the way that they rip each other, like how Adelais is like constantly is like later she teases Tomas for like mm-hmm. being Varen's warder and like never having sex again. Also a very green thing to joke about. Yeah. Like to me they felt like they were siblings. They're either siblings or they're really close best friends, but not in a, like, quote-unquote best friends, a.k.a. lesbians way. Not the
2: pillow friends way.
1: Yeah, not in a pillow friends way. And then we get Domon, Shad. You get to talk about your favorite.
0: He is the best. <laughs>
1: I'm so excited for you.
0: He is the I, I was so afraid he was going to get cut, like no joke. I mean, he's always been the character in the series that shows up in the right place at the right time. So they could have gone any number of ways with that specifically, but they decided to include him, and I am glad they did, and he is exactly as I imagined yeah.
1: him. He is perfect. His accent is perfect.
0: He comes he comes in with his I do be concerned.
1: <laughs> as soon as he's
2: I do be. I was like, oh, it's bail. <laughs> as soon as they said that it was an aliener, I'm like it's Bale. It's bail. And when he opened his mouth, was
0: like that was it right there. 100%. Yep.
1: He is perfect.
0: So, I'm happy. I'm legitimately happy that he did get included.
1: I would expect to see him again even this season. Like, like you said that, like he's always in the right place at the right time.
0: They are um he he will he's going to show up later because they yeah. they set they set him up to be in Falm. Because, in you know, in the in the books, he rescues the boys from um, Shadar Logoth, goes upriver to Whitebridge, drops them off, goes on his way, right? And
2: he gets captured by Ganon.
0: Yeah, he gets captured by Ganon. He gets his ship taken, all that kind of stuff. And Because at that point, when he dropped the boys off at Whitebridge, he's like, I don't want any of this. And he goes out to sea and, <laughs> and heads west. So... After he has like long conversation with Mor- Moraine, he tries to sell her that Quain Diard chunk, and she's just like, "I just want the poem." Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "What is wrong with you, woman?"
2: <laughs> Which I thought was really cute. Like the whole introducing the game uh, at this point, like it didn't quite explain what the game of houses was, but they definitely hinted at it with the the way she talked about it. Like the poem is it worth five, you know, crown, and and that was what she really wanted. Mm-hmm. And it obviously wasn't about money because then she turned around and gave him the money anyway.
0: She gave him like one. She was like, I'll give you a gold mark for the, the, the poem. And he's, he's like, you're insane. You're absolutely insane. And then he offhandedly mentions that he was being followed, and she and she asks why, and he goes, ah, these black hooded people, and she goes, sail out to the sea and go east or west, it doesn't matter. And I went, right there, that's where he's going to get the farm, because he's going to go out to sea and he's going to sail west.
1: I was literally shouting at my TV screen, don't go west, fail! Don't go west! <laughs> don't go west! <laughs> don't go west, go east! Would you
0: rather go east and end up in Shara?
1: That's fair. Like, there's no, I mean... <sighs> I would take. Well, would
0: you take Shara over Falm?
1: Mm-hmm. Not no. Know, not knowing what happens with Shara, no. He just <laughs> needs to go south <laughs>
0: <goes> to the <laughs> land of madmen. There is nowhere good to go east, west, or south.
2: He could go north. He could give it a- up. <laughs> the sea of storms, and then they're all the way. He north. could
0: have gone to. He could have gone to Maine and um, seen Bear Lane.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, okay, that's a good way to go. Just go east to Maine, and you're set.
2: He's going west though. <laughs>
1: He is going west, unfortunately, for him. Yeah, which will, feels feels
0: bad. <laughs> but we got nice. We got nice setup for for him returning later on to rescue Nynaeve and Egwene from fall. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. Yeah. Then we cut to the White Tower and Egwene in the Omerlin's room, looking at the Omerlins, uh get up. Which anytime Egwene is interacting with anything omerlin related, I get super excited. Yes, she's like doing chores around the tower. Uh, Leanne drops a cup in her bag just real like radically disrespectful from leanne
2: she just treats her like furniture
1: she does also i'm so like i'm so excited for everything leanne related because we haven't gotten to one of my favorite tertiary characters yet but leanne is one of my faves
0: she's a pretty good one
1: she's also that dress is working for her she looks incredible i love this actress leanne is everything she's everything Then Egwene goes and picks up dishes from Ilana and sees Ilana having a threesome with Yvonne and Maxim, which is incredible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The look on Egwene's face when she sees it happening. Yeah.
2: It's like,
1: oh, oops. Incredible stuff from Ilana. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Elaine wanders around the tower and then ends up in the White Tower kitchen, which is one of the special scenes that we got before the season came out of Alana, who got dressed real quick, um, comes down and teaches um, Egwene and Nynaeve and a couple of other novices how to channel. And this is the first time that we get the look at what the new channeling is going to look like with the new colors of the weaves, which looks amazing. I'm so excited that this is the first time we're seeing channeling in season two, and they're really showing off the different colors in a cool way by combining two different elements together and really hammering home that there are these five different elements. I've been studying the like clips for a lot. So here's what I think the colors are. Earth is green, water is blue, fire is red, air is yellow, and spirit is white. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I was really confused what yellow was for a long time, but I've I've landed on it must be air.
0: See, I, I feel like I was saying this way back in season one of they needed to be colors for the elements and they didn't do that. And then here we are for the last podcast. I was like, Yeah, oh, there's um Ishamael probably channeling the true source. And it goes, Nope, that's just Earth. Yeah.
1: I was screaming, screaming at the recording, going like, no! No, that, No, it's Earth! <laughs> it's like yelling, hence hence all of my commentary in the chat <laughs> afterwards.
2: It is definitely the increased CGI budget, which we also saw when Egwene was walking through the tower, because mm-hmm. the views of Tar-Valon from the tower, gorgeous. The
1: tower looks stunning stunning this season. Everything looks stunning this season. Like every single set that we see, all of the VFX, like every all of the costuming, everything looks incredible this season. I really feel like Amazon is leaning into Wheel of Time, which must mean that the viewership numbers were pretty good compared to a certain other show that
2: came out. It's number 1 again already. Yeah, so
1: is it number 1? Oh, on Amazon? Because I thought One Piece and Ahsoka were overtaking it overall. but uh, On
2: Amazon, it, it, One Piece and Ahsoka have overtaken it, but it was a number one before they came out.
1: Amazing. Also, I'm pretty sure One Piece dropped all at once, so I'm expecting we'll have time to overtake it at some point. Yeah. Then we get like this really cool kind of like gathering of Aes Sedai to talk about training novices, and in particular to talk about Egwene and Nynaeve, which I thought was fascinating. There's Sheriam, Leandrin, Alana of gray who like bald gray who i do not know is she a gray or a white Uh, who was it
0: i didn't look at the x-ray for her i sometimes when i pull up the x-rays on all the characters on the screen it doesn't give actually everybody
1: Mm, interesting but there was definitely a lot of interesting interactions between sherry and leandrin in particular i also love the little detail that leandrin's not allowed to train novices because she's killed once (laughs) that checks out I think there's also like a yellow sitting around. There's like a bunch of different ice that I thought. I thought it was just a really cool scene to see how the ice that I talk and also a cool introduction to Sharia. Oh, okay. Very in, is saying it's Joya.
2: Yes, it is Joya.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that.
1: Interesting. I don't. I cannot remember a single gray of consequence from any of the books. So <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Very. <laughs> <laughs> And they talk about Mazrum Taim or like other channelers in particular, and they reference Mazrum Taim and then they call him by name in a later episode. So, do we think that we're not going to get Tame Andred in the show, or do we think we are? Well,
2: we're not. I mean, Tame Dread didn't actually happen.
1: I feel like if one person is going to be like, you know what, Tame Andred is canon now, it's going to
0: be Rafe. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, if you know the story, it would make a really good red herring.
1: Yeah. Also, Ra- Rafe loving to combine characters. This is one of the characters that canonically could have been combined, but was split into two. <laughs> we just are fixing this other turning of the wheel. Look,
2: we're just going to make this happen.
1: <laughs> I'm going to speak this into existence.
0: Rafe didn't get the pleasure of it when he was reading the book, so he's getting it now.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess I'm really forecasting that I want Tame on Dread to be a thing because we know how I feel about the Demondread Dread thing. Um, Then we cut to Perrin and Loyal um, with the Shinarans. Um, I just want to comment that Perrin looks incredible in the Shinaran armor. It is really working for him. Uh, Marcus looks great. Really happy for him to have a glow up in this season. (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: And we get the rest of the Shinarans, in particular Uno. Uno really shines this episode and next episode. But my one quibble is I don't feel like they have him using enough of the Wheel of Time curse words. No. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely not. We we need a bloody every other sentence, and we're not getting that.
1: And the one time he was going to be, like, goat-licking, blah, 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 Ingtar is like, Uno. And I'm like, we were actually going to get Wheel of Time swear words. Don't make him stop.
0: Mother's milk in a cup.
1: Yeah. He he uses, like, he like, taking the piss and stuff like that, like, our world swear words, which I really don't like. Uno is, like, one of those opportunities for them to really drive home the Wheel of Time is, well... Our world, but in the future slash the past. Like, a different time. Mm -hmm.
0: He needed a really angry blood and bloody ashes, and we didn't get it.
1: We have not heard a single blood and bloody ashes.
2: He said feckin'. Like, was fecking even a thing? in the books no
0: no it was not Mm -mm.
2: no yeah fecking is scottish yeah
0: you know light was basically the the equivalent of that light or bloody Mm -hmm. we didn't get that
2: we could have gotten the blood and bloody yeah
1: we'll get there but it's actually why i'm not as sad about you know dying as i think the rest of you guys are uh
2: because i'm like well you're missing you're
0: you're getting ahead of yourself there
1: yeah yeah okay (laughs) we said we were gonna do spoilers for the show (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I'm. I have
2: thoughts on that. We're only an episode, and I can't get get into those. We're not.
1: We're not getting there. But I'm just. We're just gonna
2: get there. And we also meet (laughs) Ingtar? Elias. Oh, Elias! Yes, yes. And that I think you were right.
0: Yeah, they kind of blended. Well, they didn't. I won't say they blended. They just straight up replaced Hiran with with Elias.
2: Yeah, and they call him a sniffer.
0: Which you know, as much. I loved Hiran in the books. He makes it all the way to the last book before he gets killed.
2: So does Uno.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, I was liked Hiran's character, even though he was a even by minor character standards, he was a minor, minor character. I just I don't know I always liked him. But everybody can't make the cut, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Also, I genuinely forgot that he made it to the end of the final book,
0: mm-hmm. or <laughs>
1: because I remember him from book two and book two only.
2: Well, we don't see him again until he comes back on the fields of. Mm, Marilore. Marilor. Marilor the-
1: oh, I can't. I can't keep straight everyone who shows back up in that giant battle.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's like that with Julian as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, I do remember Julian, though.
0: I mean, Julian is a lot around a lot more. He he's kind yeah. of yeah. Whole different thing though.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. Or or (laughs) we won't. We can talk about that later. Yeah. And we also get Ingtar, and like he's like talking about honoring traitors and like defends the traitors. And like later on when they're burying them, he's like, Yeah, later on he's like, Every man deserves a burial. I'm like,
2: You would think that, wouldn't you, Ingtar? Yeah, you would. Since they were your men. (laughs) Yep. In more ways than one. Yep.
0: Now, one thing I am glad that we got this season was. Seeing a certain thing nailed to the door. Yeah.
1: Yes. That was in episode two.
0: Oh, was that episode two?
2: Yeah, it's in episode two.
1: Yeah,
0: see, yeah. now I'm getting ahead.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen.
1: It'll happen.
0: It all kind of blends together, right? It does.
2: Yeah, at this point, we're at the camp where the tinkers are dead. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is where we start to see some weird weirdness with Perrin's wolf abilities. He starts seeing things. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like this is their visualization of like how his sniffing ability works but i hate it i
2: don't yeah
0: how how else do you adapt something like that though because in a print setting how robert jordan did it was i mean it just works i i smell i smell the blood i i, I can smell what happened how do you adapt that how do you adapt that without dialogue into a visual medium
1: Totally. And like, I hear you. It's more, I don't hate it in a vacuum. I hate it because it looks like men's ability
2: visually. It also is like, this scene in particular is not, but the next time it happens is pulled straight from the books, but it does not happen to Perrin. And we can talk about that when we get there. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's also a bubble of evil.
0: But it's less men's ability because men's ability is seeing in the future. And this is Perrin seeing what happened. So it it more or less kind of relates to his ability in the books of being able to sniff out like ah there was violence here but he can actually see what the violence was because of the wolf vision
1: yeah it's more than visually like the way that they're visualizing them to me looks very similar with like how they're kind of the figures are kind of misty like it's not identical and so like no show person who i've talked to is like oh can parents see the past the way that like men can see the future no one's asked me that it's more that i just like i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of the way they're visualizing it
0: i get that um
1: in general maybe once we get the explanation with elias because elias is presumably going to train perrin i would imagine starting an episode four like maybe then i'll like it more but just in these first three episodes i was like oh i don't don't think this is this is not my fave Mm -hmm.
0: how do you feel about him interacting with it thus far elias no perrin when he starts Uh to interact with the stuff that he sees because he did it a few times across the episodes that we've seen so far
2: i I don't like it
1: (laughs) it just doesn't work for
2: me i think it's too visual but i don't know how else they would have portrayed it unless we see start to see more the wolves actually showing up yeah
0: i think at this point where it's just um elias just trying to suss out what parent actually is
2: yeah no, Elias knows. Certainly by episode
1: two, he knows. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I hear you, Thad, like what what else would they do? I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't fully work for me.
0: I don't have an answer for you either. It's, it's like, what do you, what do you do? How do you, how do you adapt this otherwise? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that creative. I probably would have done something similar, you know? You saw what happened.
2: Yeah.
1: I maybe would have shown parents sniffing. That would have been maybe the only thing. Like him like have him visually like be sniffing the air as he's like walking up or something.
2: It'd be just like, you smell Yeah, that. It, it, And then like actually saying like.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess stuff like that could have worked. He walked in. It would
2: have been dialogue.
0: Yeah, he he would walk in and he would just be like, point something out that nobody else would have even like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Like, there's something rotting in here, and somebody goes, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, or, or like, he could, like, sniff it and be like, Pat and Fane was here, and then he sees the thing, or, like, I don't I don't know.
2: Or he just grabs what he's sensing, and we see it as he's describing it, so it's not like yeah. he's visually seeing it. We're just- I,
0: we, I mean, we got that in season one, in the ways, when Perrin points down the ways, and it goes, there's a sign down there, and they go, how did you see that, Perrin?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that was very obvious, though. Well,
0: it was obvious to us.
2: Because we knew what to look for.
1: I continue to not be thrilled with how they're handling Perrin's wolf powers. I'm really hoping they stop it up in episode four.
0: It's really hard to adapt what he is as a character. And we've... Discuss this at length. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's so, And we will discuss it more, mm-hmm. but mostly in episode three where I have thoughts about stuff they did do well with Perrin's wolf powers. But to move us on, we then get more Aes Sedai tra- or more training from Nynaeve with the warders, which is such a great scene. Yeah, I love this. I love her training with Yvonne and Maxim and them being like, why are you here? Like, figure it out.
2: I also love when he's like, it's, it's Alana Sedai.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Nynaeve, literally, they are her warders and they are holding swords. Maybe don't insult Alana to their face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're taking your life in your own hands right now.
2: Yeah. Maybe Maybe don't be quite so honest with your feelings. Yep.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Alana Sadai, Egwene then goes to talk to her for help with weaves. And Alana, who is eating a pomegranate, which is the biblical fruit of knowledge. Uh-huh. Then just gives her incredible sex ed about how to have more than one partner. <laughs>
2: yes. You just have to feel it. You just have to open yourself up. <laughs> Wayne's like, I, I, I think we're
1: talking about different things. It is, uh, it's such a good scene. And Alana knows exactly what she's doing. She knows why Elaine is there. Oh, yes. She, she knows Elaine is not there for sex advice, but she don't care.
2: No. She's like, I know you saw it and you want to ignore it, but I'm not going to let you. <laughs>
1: Also, I love Egwene being like, "Do you need to put clothes on?" And then, like the way she comes in and like sits down and like really awkwardly like sits on the on the pillows and like cannot get comfortable. Oh god! Every interaction between Egwene and Alana is just pure joy. I love it so much. And she, Alana, uh, does eventually give her very helpful channeling advice about how to channel multiple types of leaves <laughs> at the
2: same time, which wasn't all that on un- like the. <laughs> advice she gave her about how to handle two sexual partners at once i mean it it is kind of the same
1: Mm -hmm. kind of kind of the same (laughs) i mean we just gotta open up that flower bud
0: you know what i mean yeah (laughs) you just gotta surrender remember
2: we kind of like i'm sorry but that reminded me of the we kind of glossed over it in the earlier scene with nynaeve and alana and the old nynaeve just Gulps down the dirty ass river water. Mm. She's like, "You didn't say it I had to be clean when I drink." Oh,
1: so good, so good. There's so much good, like power play between naive and Alana in that earlier scene, uh, and like a naive being like, "It's not working <laughs> with the flower bud." <laughs> also, I loved Alana being like, "It's pink." I'm like, "Alana, does naive look like a pink flower kind of girl to you?" Come on,
2: no, come on. <laughs> She's not a pink flower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good try, Alana, but try again.
2: <laughs> come on. And speaking of Nine eve she is now being talked to by Leandrin. Yep. And uh, I am not sure if Leandrin is trying to turn her into an Aes or a Sith Lord.
0: <laughs> I have lots of thoughts about this. <laughs> Go for it. Because we know in the books that she is just an inherently evil person from the get-go. She has, mm-hmm. She legitimately has no redeeming qualities from the start. And in the show she comes across as that almost immediately and i feel like they're trying to humanize her more as a character before they pull the rug out from under us on it
2: yeah we're not quite to that point yet but in this point they're talking and leandrin like she makes a sword with the power which isn't that against the oath like you can't make a weapon oh, yeah, with the power except well
1: i thought it was that they can't for- yeah, they can't forge weapons. They can't
2: forge weapons. They cannot use the power as a weapon against, against someone else. Or- someone else unless an extreme. Well,
0: that's a that I I I mean it's a technicality. Is is she using it against someone else? She
1: attacks nine knees. She doesn't, she doesn't attack her with the sword. She then attacks her with
0: <laughs> She just she shows that she can make it, but she has no intent of using it as such.
2: I think it's a very very fine line if we're saying that that's not against the oaths.
1: I mean it's like can you use the oaths can you create like a switch of air to punish a novice is that using the one power as a weapon? Because it us you are hurting someone. Then
2: but it's not it's not a weapon. It is hurting somebody but it's not really a weapon.
1: That's a, a whip is a weapon. <laughs>
0: let's jump ahead a little bit to a conversation between Egwene and a certain, starts with an S word, we won't get there yet, uh, who tries to grab a jug but is unable to touch the jug because they perceive it as a weapon. Ah,
1: yeah. Yes. Yes, yes.
2: yes. We're talking about way, way ahead in the books.
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: the books. Yeah. This is not a show thing. This is a book thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's. It, I do think perception matters. And clearly corporal punishment with the one power can happen because a certain red beats the shit out of Egwene <laughs> later with the one power, like later on in the books. And quite frankly, that's using the one power as a weapon, I would say. But like, I, I feel like it's a fine line and I feel like some people skirt it. And you could argue that Leander is skirting it here. <laughs> but yeah, definitely uh, what three oaths? Yeah. <laughs> From Leandra. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what three oaths? and that what don't don't be calm embrace your anger embrace the dark side <laughs> mhm <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah she's definitely trying to get win her over to the sith yeah
1: the other person who she could be trying to win over is Perrin, who is continuing to struggle with his desire for revenge, Mm. and also keeps talking about Layla. And I really want the show to stop talking about Layla. There's a point when they're doing the bell time thing where he puts his ring on the... uh, And I was like, yes! Yes! And then he picked it back up, and I was like, damn it! (laughs) Yes,
2: let it go. And then he
1: picked it I up. I
0: shook my head when he did that. I was like, let it go. It's done. It's passed.
1: The other thing is like... I'm pretty sure that we're going to get Fael this season. And so, like, how do you go from episode one Perrin still clearly mourning his wife and talking about Layla and, like, being in love with Layla to his relationship with Fael and where it ends up at the end of book three? Like, it doesn't... There's... There's so much, like, character work that is going to have to happen. I don't understand how they're going to make Fayol make sense. Like, I don't know if they're going to slow roll that relationship just to give Perrin additional plot at a certain and which is fine. Like, fine. Throw, like, slow roll Fayol and Perrin all you want. But I'm just like, I really need him to get over Layla. Yeah. Like, the show needs to stop trying to make Layla happen.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Stop trying to make Layla happen. It's not going to happen. Speaking of the Belltown lanterns, we see... Nynaeve and Egwene reading a letter from Perrin where they're talking about it being Beltane again, which means it's been a whole year. So we don't know. We have no clue what has happened since they left the eye of the world.
1: Yeah. I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to like talk this out as a group because I saw some people complaining about this.
2: Actually, I, I know a lot of people complaining about it because. Yeah. What the fuck? Like we just jumped in time without any indication. And it's a whole year later. So like. We
1: know that they've all been in the tower. Matt has been in the tower for five months, which seems incorrect. It seems like he should have been there before the girls got there, but whatever.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: They they had to have picked him up at some point. I don't know when they picked him up.
1: Yeah. So he they must have, maybe he was in Tarvalon just like chilling for a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. To go back to like start at the beginning, the first few episodes of season one take place over what, Probably is like a few days, maybe a week, week and a half at most. Then we get the one month time skip in episode five, four or five. Then they spend maybe a week at Tarvalon. Yeah. At most. It's not super clear, but Moiraine is wearing the same outfit for the majority of the time. And like, so is Leandrin. Although they don't seem to change clothes very much because Leanne in these three episodes is wearing the same dress throughout.
0: It's hard to say.
1: And then they probably, then it takes them like, what, two days probably to get to uh, Shinar. Maybe not even that. Or not Shinar, Faldara. Oh, wait, yeah, because
2: they're in the waves. Yeah.
1: And then they're in Faldara for like a couple of days at best. And like presumably they could have spent some time at Faldara before going to the tower.
2: Yeah. Well, they're they've made it to the tower. And somehow Perrin is all the way on Toman Head. Because that's he's already at t- in Toman Head. That's the entire other side of the continent. And it's almost a year later. Like that's a, there's not a lot of filler in there, how they've got there or what happened in between
1: yeah it's it's somehow like the timeline doesn't quite make sense i see what they were trying to do where it's like maybe every like first episode of a season is going to be bell time just to like set us in time although i hope they're not doing that but they are definitely trying to draw a lot of parallels between this episode and the first episode of season one and this just seemed like another one but it's also like did you guys really think about this timeline because i feel like this timeline doesn't make sense
0: well i i did, did did i miss where you said that basically the five months had passed correct yeah you uh, you said yeah, that five months have passed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I could feasibly make it from Tarvalon to or Valdara to Toman Head in a five-month period. I'll, yeah, in the
2: five months, but what has happened in those five months?
0: Well, in the books, a, a lot of it is them just following a trail.
2: There's
1: a there's a there's seven months missing is the problem, or six. There's because like the first season probably takes place over a month and a half to two months, so then you have five months. And I think the Wheel of Time year is roughly the
2: equivalent of our year. Yeah.
0: It's what, 10-day weeks, and there's...
2: It's 10 days a week. There's 12, 14 months. Okay, so it's even longer.
0: If there's one thing in the Wheel of Time I have never fully wrapped my head around, it is how like the calendaring system works in that world.
2: Like Their months are not even like ours. I have to go back. They,
0: no, they, they go on a system tour, I think, all the months are the same amount of days, and then there's... X amount of, you know, 10 day weeks or something per month three or four or something like that. So 40 days per month, but how many months are in a year kind of thing? Yeah. You know, this isn't any kind of Gregorian calendar.
1: No, definitely not.
2: It's a little closer to a lunar calendar. And then there's like a week across the festival lights where they line up with the lunar year a little more. I'd have to go back. It's been a long time since I looked at the calendar. There's like more than 12 months. Okay. So
1: we're presumably missing anywhere between like six and eight months of time. That's just not explained by this timeline. I mean, and maybe it takes them six to eight months to get from Faldara to Tarvalon because they don't do that trip. They like, presumably they're not going back through the ways in the show. So that could be it. I There's there's just a lot of time missing. So that's, that's like my biggest question. <laughs> but the one thing about it being Beltane and with the letter from Perrin is that Leandrin has intercepted the letter as well and I'm guessing made a copy before it got passed to Nynaeve, and she is using it to torture Matt. And I don't care how much the show tries to humanize Leandrin – if they continue to have her torturing Matt, I'm going to hate her forever. Uh because you cannot torture my baby boy.
0: That's what they want. That's <laughs> no, what they want. You
1: cannot torture Matt. I
2: mean, is she torturing him or is she just locking him up and ignoring him? And like
1: She no, she's like literally reading the letter and gaslighting him and telling him that her his her friends that's torture.
2: Yeah, he's gaslighting. That is him. a type of psychological torture. Yeah. Psychological manipulation, yeah. I,
1: I also like Matt desperately want to know what Leandrin wants with Matt and mostly I want to know what does the show think Leandrin wants with Matt because I feel like they've written themselves into a little bit of a corner here and they're attempting to write themselves back out of it again with the ending of episode three and and presumably what's going to happen in episode four, but I'm so confused.
0: Yeah. So if, if we parallel this with the books in the books, Matt had been returned to the tower, the, the dagger had been separated from him and they're basically just keeping him on watch to make sure he doesn't die from the effect of having the dagger forcefully separated from him. And they didn't do that here because they did it in a five second scene with Moraine separating him from the dagger. So And I think that that kind of fell into the whole thing with what was going on during COVID and filming and the original actor leaving is they're trying to find their way out of that hole. So they're trying to find a way to get Matt from where he is to where everybody else currently is. So they're kind of having to do this kind of little leap of logic to do so.
1: Yeah, it just kind of. This is maybe like a writing thing, but when I feel like shows don't fully know what they're doing with a character, when that character is then like, what do you want with me over and over and over again, which Matt has asked, asked Leandrin, what do you do? What do you want with me? At least once an episode, it does make me be like, show, do you know, do you know the answer to this question? (laughs) like, I don't feel like you do. We'll see. I mean, I'm not giving the show a lot of benefit of the doubt here. We'll see. I'm just very confused.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I'm also really glad that they kept hammering home that Rand is dead uh, or that they all think Rand is dead because I, I genuinely kept forgetting. So this is it was very helpful for them to just like constantly be like, Rand is dead. Rand is dead. I'm so sad. Rand is dead. I miss him so much. And I was like, like, there was a point when like Perrin compared like, Rand to Layla and I was like why and my husband had to be like because he thinks rand is dead and i was like right, right 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 okay okay
0: okay it's it's definitely harder that little kind of thought process is a little harder to follow when you're when you've read the books and you you know that that's not the truth so you kind of forget about the little details like that sometimes
1: yeah yeah and then we have the darkest fight scene in the entire show with the mind roll.
2: no i watched it multiple times i watched it with all the lights out I still can't see what's happening in that scene.
1: It's really unfortunate because this, I, so I've watched it a couple of times and every time I watched it, it was in a different setup and every single setup made it slightly more visible. Um, And so today when I watched it, there was a lot of really cool stuff that's happening in the scene that I'm like, damn, I wish you would lit this a little better because it would be cool for people to see it. They have at one point, the fades vanishing in and out of the shadows. Like,
0: oh, I didn't have a problem with seeing any of that. Oh,
1: I, the first time I watched it, which is definitely partially my setup. Spot. There's a
0: sound effect that goes with it too. Yeah. So I knew exactly what was going on when he steps behind the rock and you hear the sound. He goes, Oh, he's going to jump shadows.
2: I could tell, ta- like that, but I couldn't see it happening. Like, and I'm not watching it on a high def TV, which may be a problem. Like, I'm in a standard definition and no, nothing I did made it any of it appeared very well. Yeah. I might have to see if I can find a way to watch it. If you
1: watch it on your computer, it might be better because when I watched it on my computer today, it was super visible.
2: Yeah, I might have to do that. Yeah,
1: it's like way, way more visible. My problem is that my TV faces a window, and I was watching it Mm. for me Pacific time. It's five o'clock in the afternoon, so there's tons of light pouring through my window.
0: Diana, I don't have a choice. My apartment only has certain
1: layouts that work.
0: You're making me like, oh, come on.
1: That if you want to come to San Francisco and fix my apartment layout, please. You, you are
0: you are killing me here.
1: <laughs> please. I really need to get blackout curtains for my living room. That's really what I need. Because this is just, it's it's not a Wheel of Time problem. This is a show problem for me in general. But there's also super cool fight choreography in this scene. Like at one point, Land does like a total flip and he kicks one my draw in the face and slashes another. Like it looks Great. When you can see it.
2: I oh just saw
0: shadows. This this also answers my question of who was the dude with the flaming sword? Yep. Oh, that, would that would be Tomas. That would be Tomas with a fire-infused weapon from Varen.
1: So cool. Very, very oh. cool.
2: And the, there was a few minutes where Moraine saw Varen's weaves coming, and she just had that look on her face like, oh, my God, it's working. And then you hear Varen shout, get down, and she realizes it's not her pulling <laughs> threads
0: well uh, but well they they made it look like that because she, she was trying to hold up her hands like she was going to try to start handling and mm-hmm. like the the weaves started kind of like coalescing yeah. in her hands which was kind of like that fake out
2: mm-hmm. that was like the one thing because the weaves were lighting up her face okay can mm-hmm. see what was going on there and oh, face, I see. the face as she's doing it it's just like well, so am i doing this yeah
0: that should answer it right there right? yeah
2: i don't know because can still like we still, there is still no clear answer. Nothing of this makes sense if she's still or not. Did we record us talking about that or were we talking about it before we started recording?
1: It was before. Well, we, we can, we can talk about it because most of my, qu- well, we, we could talk about it now, actually, because I do have all of my questions. Although I feel like they talk about it. The part that really gives me questions is in episode two.
2: Well, this part gives me question because despite the fact that Lynn put up a lot, like, he still killed several fades, right? Or at least one. Mm-hmm.
0: At least one or two, yeah.
1: He kills, he, he definitely beheads one. He
2: beheads one.
0: Because Tomas kills the other. Okay.
2: Uh,
1: I think Lan, because there's four, I think. Because there's the one that, that not 90, there's the one that Moiraine stabs mm-hmm. uh, right at the beginning of the fight. I'm not 100% sure that one is like dead, dead, but maybe it's dead. I don't know. Then there's the one that Lan beheads. Then there's two that start fighting Lan. And he, I think, kills one and then Tomas kills the or Yeah. I think he kills one and Tomas kills the other.
0: Something like that. Yeah. I think that's right. The, the one, I guess, detail they, they decided to step away from on killing fades from the books compared to the TV show is that when you kill a fade, you know, when you behead it, whatever, keeps moving. And when you kill a fade in the show, it just stops moving.
1: That's, I, Yeah, I think that's fine. It would be very confusing otherwise.
0: It's fine, but I would have—I would have loved to see that.
2: You just see it moving a little. Because
0: that—that was the thing—is was always just like, if you kill a fade, if you beheaded a fade, get away from it, because it'll—it'll keep swinging its sword around like it's still alive, because it won't accept that it's dead. Yeah,
2: they're out of phase with reality. Yeah, at this point, he didn't see it coming. He didn't feel it. He didn't sense it. They were surprised by these mirages. If he was still bonded, he would have felt it, right?
0: Well, they're they're still going with that whole masked bond, or
2: she's still. But
1: he says in episode two that he he doesn't feel them.
2: I just I don't think even masking it was just just hides her emotions and her like where she is. It doesn't take away his added strength and his ability to sense the shadow spawn.
0: I think this is a red herring. At this
2: point, I think she's still. I think she's still. I think they're going to use that for Nynaeve instead of Swan.
1: I'm so torn. I'm so I feel like the show is not being consistent. So it's really hard for me to land on one way or another. Like I feel like they keep referencing that the bond either isn't there or like I understand I get with like the masking thing. If she masks it then she's Uh, shielded, then she can't unmask it. That I have no problem with. It's that I feel like the show can't decide whether or not the bond is there. And also Moiraine shouldn't have her oaths anymore if she's stilled. And like Lan...
2: It doesn't mean she doesn't. Like, I don't know that they realized that. Like, even Swan had to test it out to see if she could break the oaths. Yeah.
1: And like, maybe she did take advantage of that and she did lie to Lan in in episode two and say, we're not equals. I
2: sure as hell hope that's what
1: happened. Yeah,
0: there is a detail from the books about getting stilled that I don't know would carry over to a visual medium the same way due to just how it works. Is that when Swan got stilled, basically age caught up with her because nobody, nobody could recognize her. Not even Gareth Bryn who had seen her recently. It
1: wasn't that age caught up to her. It was that she looked a lot younger.
2: She looked like a young, like she stopped yeah. having that ageless look.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. N- fair enough.
1: And I don't, I don't think they're going with an ageless look for the Sedai because
2: I don't think there's any way to do this, not
0: reasonably at least. Yeah.
1: So the closest thing to me that is an ageless look is plastic surgery. But this is Hollywood, and like, <laughs> like everybody, Ros- like no tea, no shade to these actors and actresses, but they've probably all gotten some level of plastic surgery to conti- and like done like work to continue to look as good as they do given their ages.
0: Are you saying Daniel Henney got uh, AB implants? I-
1: if he did, God bless him. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel Honey.
2: Uh, no, and like, there's a combination of makeup and what they do with the post-production. Like, because they remove pores and stuff from people all the time. Like, like they make people look flawless on screen when they're not.
1: Right, But it's not quite like, I've always imagined the ageless look is a little Uncanny Valley-esque. Mm-hmm. But we are subjected to that every day, all the time. Yeah. As like the modern world, so I don't feel like it would, um, it would land the same way. So I feel like they're just cutting that from the show, and I am totally fine with that.
0: I'm fine with that too. The the, the whole ages thing, it, it works better in a book setting than it does in a in a, in a in a TV medium or a movie medium like this. So I'm fine with like,
2: it. Sh- short of making people like glow or something.
0: I mean, Disney's. You know, messed with that with Star Wars by bringing certain characters, you know, back looking younger and stuff like that, and it, it's hit or miss. It, it's
1: it's know. always uncanny valley. It always looks weird. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they're not doing that for the show. Also, that would have made their VFX budget like even more insane. And I would rather they spend it on making the threads look different colors. Mm,
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah, like those three minutes of of Mark Hamill looking like he did in the '80s cost like five million dollar.
0: But out, outside of all of that, we've seen Moraine can see the weaves, but if she, I mean, if you were stilled, you wouldn't be able to see weaves, correct?
1: They're, I feel like they're really fudging that because like technically Nynaeve shouldn't be able to see weaves unless she is like- uh, no,
0: not- She's blocked.
2: She still sees them. She just can't. She does
1: see them? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm getting my mm. sh- my mechanics wrong. She
2: just can't grab a hone of it. Mm, okay, okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing in later books about how they work around stuff
2: like that. Yeah, that's that. fair. That's fair. So.
1: Yeah. I, I also feel like that's something. That there's a... The mechanics of channeling in the show and the books are not the same. <laughs> As we will get to with Loghain in episode three. <laughs> yeah. It's... There's... I feel like they're making a couple of mechanical changes, and that's fine. I I think yeah, I think it's okay that Moirin can still see the weeds. but maybe you're right. Maybe that does mean she's just shielded. I can't. I'm so I'm I, I go back and forth. I go back and forth like constantly.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'll give you the caveat of uh, well, you know what? I I think this we're we're at the we're basically where we're at right now. We are at the end of episode one. The Fades have attacked. Yeah uh lan and moraine have been hurt pretty badly about it so we can we can kind of because this conversation all everything is starting to bleed to episode two with with what we're kind of leaning into so we can kind of go ahead and um uh finish up our whole episode one conversation here yeah
2: mm-hmm. i think we've talked about pretty much everything then i think other thing was you know like it we end with Rand. ah uh, yes somewhere Carian. it's in carry but I don't we don't really know that it, that time. They, yeah, they
0: don't. Yeah, they don't say it until the beginning of the next episode. I think it's in the
2: X-ray, but uh, we don't see mm-hmm. until the next episode. He puts a lantern out.
0: Yeah, it's that whole Beltine tie-in with everybody else. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. everybody else has put one out for him and Layla, and I guess he's doing the same for himself <laughs>
1: <laughs> for his hair, his poor hair, his hair.
2: Right.
0: Goodbye, luscious redlocks. But. Thank you uh, so much for joining us on uh, Tarvalon Talks. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to talk to us about, feel free to send us an email to producer.tbt at gmail.com or join us on tarvalon.net. In our general forms, we have a special thread called Tarvalon Talks pinned at the top of the page. You can also chat with us via tarvalon.net's Discord server in the Tarvalon Talks Discord channel. How many more times can I say Tarvalon Talks? Just that last time. Stay tuned for our next episode where we discuss episode two of season two of the TV show Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime. See you next time.